Welcome to the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast, where we discuss confessions. I ain't confessing nothing! Reformed theology. I don't know what either of those words mean. And apologetics. I am not apologizing for anything either. I am your host, Adam D. Murray, and joined with me today on this program is my brother, Aaron D. Murray. What's up, y'all? This is episode 22 of Joe Schmo Theology, the podcast where two dummies talk about smart things. I'm Aaron. And I'm Adam. And we are the Joe Schmo Bros. Today, we will be talking about sermons, not how to give them, because we don't know how to do that, <laughs> but how to listen to them. However, before we do that, uh, we're going to hear about Adam's meaningless life and how, you know, bro, nothing's really going on. Talk to him a lot. Go up to Michigan. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. No, we didn't go to Michigan. We went to Turkey Run, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> no. Uh, no, seriously, though, man. Like, life is really busy. Really? Really busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my stuff together because... You're moving back in with I'm mom and dad I'm moving back in with my mommy third time? and my daddy. Third time's the charm. Third time? Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, little little uh, little time discrepancy between the end of the lease and the wedding date here. Thanks, Hannah. So we'll uh, don't blame it on her. I'm blaming it on her. No. I want to get married in April. No, don't do that. <laughs> All right, that's my fault. Um, let's see. So that's going on. Um, work is crazy per usual. Per the usual. Per the usual. Uh, what else is going on? Nothing else is going on. My life is meaningless. <laughs> When you have to be out of your apartment, like two uh, weeks, week from Friday, week from Friday. But I'm are you going to come over and help me clean up my garage so we can yeah. throw your junk in there? Let's do it. All right. I'm trying to have everything out by next Tuesday though, so we can spend Wednesday and Thursday actually cleaning the place. So. Okay, but yeah, we can talk about this later. Right, no one cares yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Logistics. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh-huh. That's about it. So, so Hannah and I went to Turkey Run on Saturday, and uh, I had all these plans, man. And we were gonna like hike like six miles, and then we get there and it's like. Who are you 90, whispering for? Ninety-eight degrees. Oh, I know it's hot. So hot, and it was like a hundred percent humidity, and there was like everybody in the state of Indiana <laughs> went to the park, and like ninety percent of those people were smoking, and so we're like just trapped in this little canyon. <laughs> it was miserable. Oh, it was terrible. And then we ended up going canoeing because we couldn't tube because the government is mean oh the government government is that the place where we got busted yeah oh yeah we went we uh we canoed right under the bridge i was like oh that sounds nice (laughs) yeah about like 10 years ago it was not that long okay about five years ago aaron and i and a bunch of other people went jumping off of rocks and bridges and stuff as the the lord meant it to be done exactly and then the dnr came up (laughs) Busted our party and find us all. It was like 135 bucks a piece. Yeah, we ended up paying the government like a thousand fifteen hundred dollars that yeah, day. Between all of us, oh, brutal, mm-hmm. brutal. That sucked. I I am still bitter and salty about that. Yeah, me too. But hey, so you've got some exciting things. Going I do. On, right? uh, I got a new job. Yeah. So that's exciting. Have you? Wait, you start the. I start in July. I start the 18th. No, no, I start in July. Okay. Yeah. So still at <clears throat> my current employer. Um, I don't know. By the time this thing gets uploaded, I'll probably be there for like a month. I was gonna say because <laughs> we're way behind on episodes, guys. We have thanks, man. We have we have two recorded. This will be the third, and we're just having some technical difficulties. We are, and by technical difficulties, I mean Adam's a dummy and doesn't know how to change formatting. Well, and Aaron's I'm a dummy, a dummy because who, I haven't sent him. You didn't even send other, it to me. No, the second one. You had the first one. Yeah, but you sent it to me wrong. And they're 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 good episodes. Look, no, they're not. <laughs> If you looked at my LinkedIn, there is nothing on there about computer programming no. or anything like that. So okay. just send it to me correctly. All right. Well, let's get we'll into get this. Let's get into this. Cool. Hey, hold on. What? I'm going to ask you a couple other questions. Okay, fine. Ask away. Um, so are you just like phoning it in to work right now? Are you there? Or are you yeah, of course I'm like, there. I right. gave I gave my three weeks notice a week ago. And now you're just kind of like... So I have a week and a half left. Uh, no, I'm working hard. Right, I'm, 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 I'm living the dream. I'm just, working as hard as I... Probably a little harder because I'm trying to train everybody... Cool, cool. Um, and my successor and how he takes over. He, and everything's going to be fine. It's I think uh, I think no one's going to miss me in the sense that well, I hope people actually miss me, but I don't think anybody's going to miss me in the sense that like, <laughs> oh, there's too much work to do. I think we got a good crew and they're going to they're gonna do great. Nice, nice. So. Does Chandler good work for you? He does. Cool, cool. I thought so. Uh, 
I just like actually met the guy the other day, oh, and I didn't really yeah. bring it up. Cause yeah, I didn't know. he's a chatty fella. And I didn't know if you had actually told everybody about the change or not yet. But, yeah. Um, so what about your uh, new uh, mode of transportation? Oh, I got a new truck. Got a new truck for for this job. How does it feel to be a first time truck owner? Feels great. Does it? It feels great. There is something. I mean, I drive a truck to work every day, but there's something about owning a truck yourself. Okay. It just feels right. <laughs> American even. Yeah, I'm gonna need that in like a week. By the way. Yeah, I know, cause I gotta move you back into mom and dad's. That's right. All right, hey, keep going. I'm gonna eat some sushi. No, I. I well, I was actually just gonna ask you a question about <laughs> about what, what what we're talking about. No, that's gross. Nobody wants to listen to you chew. So. What did they do? Um, what we will be talking about today is how to listen to a sermon. Um, not not preach it, but but how to listen to it. So we don't know anything about preaching. I mean, we know a little bit, but we've never actually done it before. We know how important it is. Um, so this is not necessarily going to be a podcast on the theology of preaching as much as it is on the intake of preaching. Mm-hmm. So think of this as a podcast about drinking coffee, not how the coffee is roasted. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You like that? How do you drink the coffee? Well... With your mouth, <laughs> right, for right. starters, right. you savor it. You savor you it. Love it. Uh huh. You, you start prepare off your palate. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Well, we're not actually going to talk about coffee. We're talking about talk about preaching. It was a metaphor. So, we're going to talk about how to listen to a sermon to be able to get the most out of it. And even saying it that way, I don't like it, um, because it it sounds like a self help kind of thing, and sermons are much more than just self help. So, without going into um, too much of the theology of preaching, I do think it's fair to say that we need to start out <clears throat> with the presupposition that, and you can tell, push push back on this if you think this is a little off. I don't, I don't think it is, but push back, that uh, if the word of God is properly exegeted and preached, it is as if God himself is speaking to you. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so having that framework in mind, that that's where we have to start when we um, start prepping ourselves for how to listen to a sermon mm-hmm. is knowing that it is the word of God spoken to us personally. Yeah. That's a that's huge. That's a, that's a really good point. I should have wrote that down. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Like, it's not necessarily the same mode that you would expect. Like, you're not talking like Exodus 19 at the at Mount Sinai type. God speaking to you, but he—it it, is—it is, is still thus saith the Lord, right? Right. Exactly. So it's still—it's still, it's still <clears throat> your, your your pastor is still speaking prophetically to you, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, um, so where would you say that that listening to a sermon begins? Um, I think it begins with um, having a high view of the Lord's day to okay. begin with. Okay. Like you have to—you have to. You have to if you don't have a high view of the Lord's Day, you're not going to have a high view of, you know, church in general. You're not going to have a high view of singing, of prayer, of, of the sermon. So understanding how important that the Lord's Day is, uh, how critical it is to your life, um, and how beautiful it is, is a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. So, again, I don't necessarily want to get too much into the theology of the Lord's Day of Sabbath, because we will have a podcast on that, Lord willing. Um but it's just good to have that that framework that God has separated one day in seven um, for us to meet together, to gather as a corporate body, to worship him. Um, and, and he comes in his special pre- presence to meet with his people. And that day is Sunday. It is Sunday. By the way. Right. <laughs> so it's it's not Saturday and it's not, you know, any day that you choose as long as it's one in seven. It is Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. That's biblical. Yeah. Fight me. We'll, we'll get there at some point, hopefully. <laughs> Um, yeah, because one of the things I had written down is <clears throat> I don't think that listening to a sermon begins Sunday morning. No, not at all. I, I think it begins the very beginning of the week, which mm-hmm. I guess would be Sunday morning, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, like when you wake up, when you wake up Monday morning, how are you preparing your heart to receive the message on Sunday? Right. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing what God calls us to, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mo- <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? 
Um, you're, you're in the word, you're intentional with your prayer, you're in fellowship and community with other people. Like your heart is going to be so much softer and ready to receive the word than if you're, you know, living for yourself Monday through right. Saturday and you show right. up Sunday to be convicted of that, you know, like right. that. <laughs> yes. So, so I think that it starts far, far before that. But then I was also thinking of something that I do, um, terribly quite often getting better actually over, over the years, older I get, but going to bed on mm-hmm. Saturday Mm-hmm. Dude, dude, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Huge it's, difference. it's incredible. Um, I kind of want to, I've got that written down too. And I think I had something to the same effect that you did, but just the idea of pursuing holiness throughout the entire mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I like what you said, you know, don't live Monday through Saturday for yourself and then be convicted on Sunday. Um, because if you, if you start to, you know, the word of God is powerful and it can convict a heart of sure. stone. But if, if you're not fellowshipping with the Lord throughout the week, if you're not pursuing him, if you're not growing in sanctification or at least striving in that, then when you come to church on Sunday, it, it's almost going to be the exact opposite of what you think it should be. It should, instead of convicting you of your sin, it's going to bore you. Right. You're going to be like, why am I here? You're going to wonder, this sermon is not, it doesn't mean anything. It be hardness. The, exactly. Hard, yeah. Exactly. So if you're not pursuing holiness throughout the week, don't expect that, um, that, the Lord's Day will be as sweet to you as it's meant to be. Right. Um, I don't know. Do you want to expound on that at all? No, I mean, it can be. It can be. I've had I've had times in my life of just living in rebellion and showing up to church one Sunday and the Lord meeting with me through the sermon. And sure. Like, and that happens, but on a regular basis, you know, I've found that when I'm not preparing my heart to receive the word, then I don't receive it as well. Right. Or... You know, sometimes I'll receive it, and it's just a way to learn. It's a way for me to grow my big mind, right. theology, whatever. And you know, not that it's big, yeah. but you know, like it's just a way for me to learn. And then I walk away, and um, that becomes pride. You know, and it's not, it's not that the word has changed my heart, altered my mindset. You know, like nothing like that has taken place. It's just, hey, I've learned something today. Right. You know, so. right, right. It's kind of like like pursuing holiness throughout the week. It's kind of similar to setting the table in preparation for the meal, Mm. right? So, I mean, you could eat on styrofoam plates from a microwave, but that's not, that's not going to do you any good. Getting a cancer. Um, I think let's, let's back up for just a second. And when we talk about prepping to listen to a sermon, we are exclusively talking about listening to a sermon within a local congregation. Right. right. We're not at all talking about listening to sermon audio or, or any of these, you know, famous preachers, which that's fine to do. Good way to prep. No no, no problem for that. I love it. I do that all the time. But it's completely different listening to a sermon from somebody else that you don't know, you've never met, they don't know you, compared to listening to a sermon of the local body to your pastor who knows you, you know him, you have a good relationship. Right. Or at least a relationship. Right. Hopefully a good one. Right. Yeah, I mean, even if even if you don't have a great relationship with your pastor, if you're new to a church or something like that, but if you know some people there that are hearing the same exact things as you and you're mm-hmm. living life out together and you're hearing the same things, you can work through it together, like that's always helpful. Um, you don't have that listening to, you know, Piper, no. whatever on, on your phone. No, 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 you don't. Um, so maybe that's another thing that we could say. I don't have that written down, but in order to prep yourself to listen to a sermon, it's probably a good idea for you to develop a relationship with your pastor. Hmm. Right, that way you, you know him. He knows you. He knows your needs. Um, he can, you know, draw out applications from the word that that apply to you, um, that encourage you or rebuke you. Uh, these these kinds of things. You mentioned um, <clears throat> getting enough rest on Saturday night. Expound on that. Why is that so beneficial? Yeah, um, prep yourself before you wreck yourself. I guess is nice. what I'm saying. <laughs> right, nice. Right. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's 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 huge. Um, I think we've all been in church and had our, you know, had that moment where you really are struggling to keep your eyes open. I mean that that is the worst way to, to yeah, come before the it's Lord. It's awful. Uh, yeah, to come before the Lord and receive His word. So you know, just the the attentiveness, the alertness, being able to respond, like all of that comes from rest. And that's not just Ooh, you know what just hit me. When we're like that, we're like the disciples in the Mount of Olives. Right, you know, when Jesus says, "Hey, pray with me." Pray yeah, with yeah, me. yeah. Pray with me, and the disciples fall asleep. And we look at the disciples like, "Come on, guys, dude, that's us." Yeah, or like the dude that falls out of the window and Eutychius. dies. Yeah. 
great. So don't, I don't remember what I was saying. But I'm sorry. I, I yeah, it's important. You. Guys, go to sleep. It's awesome. It, it is. It's it's healthy and it's spiritual. I, I mean, okay, so I hate this analogy because it's used all the time. But you're going to give it anyway. But I'm going to give it anyway, right? If you're meeting with the President of the United States, you're going to oh sleep beforehand. Gosh. No. <laughs> Boo. Boo. You can't say that now because people probably would. Right, right. <laughs> okay. But how much how much more seriously should we take coming before the Lord? Right. right? So that's... It's, it's the single most important thing you'll do throughout the entire week. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Fight me. <laughs> that's, that's my new thing. That's your new thing. Awesome. All right. What else we got? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. So I think... If, if your church, if your pastor preaches exegetically, you know, through books of the Bible, expository, that is, um, so books of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, then you generally will have a good idea of what your pastor is going to be preaching on next. Can I stop you? Because I know where you're going with this, and I'll throw something in beforehand. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this is something that Hannah and I have been doing recently that has not been a pattern in my life for very long, but we've been getting up and having breakfast in the morning together mm-hmm. before church. <clears throat> And like we're going through a marriage book together, and that's just a nice. But it's it's. Dude, now just to clarify, like you guys are getting up and then you're meeting. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's Me- not meeting. Somewhere. You don't you don't live together. No, right? I know no, that. No, no. I just want to make right, sure our right, listeners know. Right. That, right. right. <laughs> so we're getting up and meeting together somewhere, and just having breakfast together. And you're talking. welcome. I just saved you some. Uh, Thank some emails. you. Yeah. All the emails that we yeah. had, they're just flooding <laughs> in. I can't I can't handle all the emails, guys. Um, no, but so so that's that's been huge because beforehand, like there was just so many sermons where I would like, like get up last second, right. you know, brush my teeth, maybe run out the door. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you know, I get to church like right on time or like a minute yes. late, you know, that kind of thing, and um, that rushed running into church as opposed to like having time to actually wake up in the morning, um, talk about something meaningful with my fiance, you know, and then come into church, have time, greet people, talk to people, meet, you know, like that is huge. Oh, it's absolutely huge. Huge. So I'm just going to throw that in there. I had, I had had something similar to that is get to church early. Mm. Like do, do do not show up there right as as things are starting. Get there early. Yeah. And I mean, if, if your church does Sunday school before the sermon, that's a great way to accomplish that is go to Sunday school. Yeah, you can be to Sunday school late. Yeah. No, don't <laughs> no. do that. I'm just saying go to Sunday school. And then that assures that you'll be there early. Right. Um, so right. you have that, that added um, element of fellowship before and after. Mm-hmm. So so that's good. Um, what I was saying, though, is most pastors will preach expository, um, expositorily. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> we'll, that's right. We'll go with it. Um, we'll exposit scripture. Yes. No, it's exactly no, what I yeah, meant. Yeah, you're right. right? And, and as I was saying, um, expository preaching is, you know, books of the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Um, not necessarily topical where you take a bunch of different verses and it applies. Like if you're going to preach on gossip, you've got a bunch of different verses to go to. Yeah, a lot of churches do both. Right. Both and are good. I think both both are fine. Both have their place. Expository is, it should be the standard approach. Primary, yeah. Um, now, Charles Spurgeon was always topical, so it's not like there's yeah, preachers. Yeah, the prince of preachers. Yeah, no, I'm just saying you can do it yeah, well. That's saying. all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so unless unless you go to Charles Spurgeon's church, which you don't, um, it's very likely that your pastorals <laughs> preach expositorily. Um, so knowing that, you can know what the book of the Bible he's going to be preaching on is. So you familiarize yourself with that. So if you want to do that during your personal devotions, if you want to do that during your family worship, if you want to just do it on top of everything else, just familiarize yourself with the book. That's really good to do, as well as knowing the passage that he's going to preach on beforehand and just read that passage. You don't necessarily have to do like an extensive Bible study on it, but just prep your heart and cultivate the, the soil mm-hmm. so when your pastor starts <clears throat> casting out the seed that it'll plant and take root, mm-hmm. right? So I think you'll benefit a lot from that, a lot more than you think you would, just knowing what the sermon's going to be on. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I'm just terrible at listening to sermons. I'm just learning about it. I'm just, just bad, dude. <laughs> yeah, we've got our good days and bad days. Good days and bad days. I guess. Days. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably good to say. We're not perfect at this. Well, um, I had I had a note on here, prime your heart for worship. And I think that that, that encapsulates that. Right. Um, and there are different ways to do that. Spend time in prayer in the morning before you go to church. Or, yes. you know, sing something yes. glorifying to God on the way. Like a psalm, or you know, or not, but you know, just definitely a psalm. Yeah, something. that's good to do. You know? You're not, you're not in church yet, Aaron. <laughs> you can sing whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's the word of God. Right, What's right, better right. than the word of God? You know, other Adam. songs that are the word of God. 
No, there, what's what's better than the word there, of God? I'm just asking what's better than the word of God. That's all I'm asking. Is, Thank you. Yeah, Thank no. you. That's, 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 yeah, that's all right. it. All right. So um, another thing is you really, I mean, pursuing holiness, I think, falls into this. But just doing your own like, personal devotions as well. So pray throughout the week. Read scripture throughout the week. Sing the word of God throughout right. the week. Or hymns. Those are cool, too. You can do that. Um, but do, do things that are edifying that prep your heart for worship and and even like friday nights when we do we're doing family worship and everything friday nights that's when we'll start to pray you know lord prep our hearts for worship we pray that you know our pastor would be even now preparing himself to preach mm-hmm. the word of god you know our elders would be shepherding the flock these kinds of things um, never divorce anything that the christian does from prayer mm-hmm. prayer should always uh, prayer is the fuel yeah. to the car that ignites this is going well the gospel uh, in uh, your heart <laughs> yeah you might want to check that oh uh, yeah no it's, cool. uh, no we're not doing that but it, but you get the point okay right, if you're yeah. if you're not praying um i think you're you're missing out on a very very wonderful privilege that the lord has given us mm-hmm. so pray pray throughout the week and then just going into that don't stop praying once you get to church. Yeah. Right. Continually be praying even in the service. You know, Lord, I pray that this the song that I sing would would minister to me. That, that I worship you. That I would stay on task. You got to guard your mind mm-hmm. when you're in the worship service. And, mm-hmm. and prayer is a really good way to do that because it's, it's so very true. easy for your mind to drift off and think, what happens if ninjas attack the congregation? <laughs> right, right. Everybody has thought about like, <laughs> oh, if a shooter comes in. I'm well, yeah. And more serious now. Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, a lot of And those church- are those are like okay, the serious things are No no no. Okay, so there's a serious way to think about that type of situation, and then there's a dumb way to I think mean, about I was that. going the dumb way. You yeah, went, no, no, you went no, no, serious. No. I was thinking the dumb way too. I mean it, do something. Okay. Church is out there, do something. Like seriously. <laughs> Have a contingency plan. Uh, it's good. I'm gonna get into work mode and I don't want to. But do something, alright? Protect your congregation. Right. But yeah, you can you can daydream and it's Right. So always- so you, you do want to protect your thoughts. Um, because that's the last thing you want to be doing is Okay, and, and maybe not on a silly note about you know, what if ninjas attack or zombies attack or whatever. I don't, I don't do that. Um, thinking about what are we going to eat? Thinking right. about for those people who like to watch sports, I wonder how the game's going to go. Or so and so just walked in late. So and so just walked in late. Right? Yeah. yeah. So right, that kind of thing. So uh, these kinds of things, and, and prayer is a really good way to protect yourself from that, and even be praying that Lord, I uh, wouldn't be thinking these thoughts. Mm-hmm. That I would be solely focused on you. Right, that that's really good too. Um, Do you have any other any other things? Because everything we've done up until now is preparing to hear the sermon. Do you have anything else in the prep category, or are we have moving into the? Um, I think we can move into the actual like listening to the sermon part. We should play a game. But first. I was gonna. I was literally just about to say this. I'm just saying. Right, but <clears throat> I don't have a game. Um, mm. but what I do have is a story for you. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm not going to give you crap about it, like you always give me crap about <laughs> my games or jokes or whatever, which well, are hilarious. Well, it's not really a joke. So I've been reading, I like to read, um, and I read this book on Norse mythology um, um, called what, what? 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 Norris Norris mythology? Like Chuck so, Norris? No, no, no. <laughs> no you got <laughs> dang it. You got like Greek mythology and Norse mythology, so people like Odin and Thor sure, and, and sure. Loki and all that stuff. Loki, so oh, cool. So there's this story about how the Norse people got poetry, right? So you've got, um, in Asgard, you've got all these Norse gods and everything. And so there was this one god, I can't remember his name. There was one god who was just like very poetic. He waxed eloquently. He, could, he was just a very articulate person. Everyone loved him. He leaves Asgard and he starts walking around one of the nine realms. I can't remember which one. And these two dwarves find him. And they're like, okay, this guy, he, he speaks well. He speaks good and we don't. So... So they take him and they kill him, and <laughs> it's like an interesting response. It's, it's weird. So they kill him, they drain him of all his blood, and they make mead out of his blood. Gross. And so, which is just gross wine. By the, the way, the story goes. Yeah, seriously, the story goes that anybody who drinks any of that mead automatically becomes a fantastic poet. So these dwarves, they keep hold of it. They start selling or whatever. And then one of the ice giants finds out about it. Okay, so the ice giant comes and he basically robs me. There's a whole long story about how 
one of them dies, and they blah, 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 blah. But anyways, the Ice Giants get a hold of this mead. And so Odin finds out about this. So Odin changes <laughs> oh, from... Oh, no. He's going to be a poet. <laughs> oh, we no. We got to stop it. Oh, no. Ooh. Right. Um, so he finds out about this. So he kind of transforms into his, like, you know, Bruce Wayne um, alter ego, like, secret guy. So he comes in, and he starts figuring out where this meat is and everything. And so he eventually finds out... And so he sneaks into this mountain where it's guarded by, like, this biggest ice giant of all, and his daughter's guarding it. And so Odin comes in, and he starts to, like, hey, girl, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. He's so pretty. Hey, let me holler at you. Uh-huh. Let me holler at you, girl. Um, and then through all kinds of um, unlawful and carnal things, um, their relationship progresses, and he's like, man, I wish I had some of that mead. That way I could speak poetically about how pretty you are. And she's like, ah, I can't give it to you. And so they keep flirting around whatever and then he's like I really wish I had it so I could talk about how pretty your lips are and it goes on I wish I had it so I could talk about how pretty your eyes are blah 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 and she's like okay fine and so as soon as he gets it she realizes oh no I've made a horrible mistake and she screams and her father comes so Odin takes the wine and he drinks it he doesn't swallow it he just keeps it in his cheeks right then he turns into an eagle okay so he turns into an eagle and he's flying away and the ice giant turns into a hawk and they're flying away and they're flying throughout the whole nine realms and he's flying back to Asgard and he gets to Asgard and he spits all the wine out, and it falls down, and people start drinking and everything. And this is where good poetry comes from. But I am embarrassed to say, as the book says, that as he was flying, he accidentally swallowed some of the meat. And as he was spitting some of the good meat from his mouth, he just blew out some of the bad meat from his rear end. And that's where bad poetry comes from. Wow. <laughs> is the rear end of... Odin's bird bum. Great. So, Norse mythology. Oh, um, man. This is this is what we read. Wait, why are you reading this? I'm trying to broaden my uh, Stop her- it. horizons. <laughs> no, it's actually a fun you book. You don't need your horizons broadened. Well, I've never understood. I just have never understood. Why we look at mythology? Some of it I understand. Uh-huh. Some of it I understand. Others I don't. That is one that I don't. Yeah, well, it's stupid, but there you go. Yeah, so actually, pretty much all of it I don't but understand. But you're going to tell that story again someday. I guarantee I will not. I bet you will. <laughs> it will not happen. I bet you will. Shout out to Okay, so there's our uh, no game, just a little story. We'll get back to the games. Those are fun and all that. So um, now we get into the actual process of listening to the sermon. So you've been prepping your heart throughout the week. You've been living a holy life because you're a good Christian. Good job. You've been praying a lot. You understand that the word of God properly taught is if God is speaking to you directly. Blah, 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 blah. Here you are sitting down. The preacher gets up. Thus says the Lord. Reads the text. Boom. What next? Uh, the first thing I have is listen for yourself. Yes. Good. Yeah. Expound on that. Uh, I'm not listening for all of the things that you fail at, Aaron, which are many. And I could find it pretty much any sermon, probably. Uh, you right. You, you actually could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, humility. Okay, it's not fun if you don't play along, all right? Uh, but, you know, you listen well, to Well, maybe that was false humility. Well, maybe it maybe was. that was pride. Maybe it was. You don't know. Uh, see, this is what I was looking forward to. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you listen to yourself, right? You don't think about, like, oh, I wish so and so No, you listen to the this. sermon. Do what? You listen to the sermon. Yeah, for yourself. Yeah, but not to yourself. I said for yourself. You said to yourself. Listen to the recording. You listen to the recording. <laughs> I will listen to the recording. Okay. So you listen for yourself, all right? <laughs> not not thinking like, I wish this person was here so they could hear this part because they suck at this, or I right. wish my wife was, right. you know, because that would fix all of our marital problems. You listen for yourself primarily. That's the first thing that I have on there. What do you have? No, I think that's good um, because if you start to listen... And you start to think of, okay, Joe Schmo over here, who's a real proud jerk. Man, I wish he was here. You're, you're completely missing the sermon. And not only you're missing the sermon, you're sinning in the middle of worship. Mm-hmm. Right, which happens. Okay, it, it does happen. <clears throat> I heard an excellent quote from Chocolate Knox, who uh-huh. was quoting somebody else, where he said, The Bible is <clears throat> a sword with no handle. You can't wield it against someone else without getting cut. Right, right. I'm like, whew! That's a good quote, because I feel like that's what we're doing when we're listening for somebody else. We're thinking, like, oh, this person's failing here, and they need to hear this. Right. Whereas we don't, we're not realizing that in that moment, like, we are 
just completely prideful and we no doubt have the same issues like nobody is perfect in any area of life so well i mean really what it boils down to is we become david at that point where we get infuriated by the man that nathan's talking about and then nathan goes you are that man right right so so whenever sin is talked about i think it's it's good for us to okay even if you don't necessarily like struggle with a certain sin it's still good to say, okay, am I this person? Mm-hmm. It, it is, are there seeds of the sin in my heart right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are. And there are. Yeah, there absolutely are. So in, in a weird way, it's it's good for you to be thinking about yourself during the sermon, mm-hmm. right? Now, ultimately, and, and you know what I mean. Don't don't take that as a soundbite. Like, you're supposed to think about yourself during the sermon. <laughs> right, right, right. But, but in regards to sin, you're supposed to be thinking, okay, how, how have I failed in this regard, mm-hmm. right? Um, what else? Well, I would just say, to add to that, it's not just, I mean, don't look at it from a perspective like, how have I failed in this? Like, that's, you want that perspective on there, but you also want, how has Christ made a way for me to succeed? Sure, yeah, right? good, so, good. So it's not always just like doom and gloom, like you need to see that there's hope, and a good a good pastor yes. is going to, it's going to lead you to the gospel through, through the sermon. It should be in every sermon, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> other things that I have, let's see, I have... Check the sermon against the word, mm. right? Um, I love Piper in a lot of ways, most every way. A couple things, maybe not so much, but just about everything, I'm a Piper fan. That dude did so much for me when I first came to faith. One of the things I love that he says all the time is, I want you to see it in the word. If it's not in the word, open the word. And now he's got to the point where he's like, or your device or whatever, you know, <laughs> but if you don't see it there, stop listening to me because I don't care what Piper says. I don't care what Pastor John, whatever. I, I want to see it in the word. And if it's not in the word, then we shouldn't be listening to it. So mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask you about this levels of trust with your pastor as, a, as opposed to just scrutinizing everything that he says because there's a lot of things that can be phrased one way that you might Mm -hmm. think like oh i wonder if he's down the theonomy train or not you know like whatever sure um so how do you how do you navigate that um well i there's a couple ways to do that and i I think first of all like like what i said is it's good to have a relationship with your pastor Mm um also i would generally give the minister the word or the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. when it when it comes to things like that if it if it becomes like a repeated issue where things are said over and over again that that you think are um just not biblical that's when it's good for you to approach him mm-hmm. but generally i would say give them the benefit of the doubt it's very easy to misspeak about things right now when you've got someone like andy stanley who's flat out saying these horrible things about the scriptures over and over and over again. Okay, it's like, okay, well, it's time to jump. It's time to unhitch from Andy Stanley. Right. <laughs> okay, it, we probably should have done that a long time ago. But with with, with your local pastor, I don't know. I, 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 I would be very gracious and merciful yeah. to them. Like, so we have a, we have a, um, a new pastor at church um, at the Castleton campus, and he, he was preaching the other day, and he said something like, He's talking about the inerrancy of scripture or whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's like, and the Bible is, in a sense, every part of it is God breathed. And I was like, not in a sense. Right. No, no, the Bible is God, yeah. you know, like, and, and I'm sitting there like, oh man, that might be a problem. I need to talk to him afterwards, you know, kind of thing. And like, he immediately brought it back and just, you know, that that was just like a slip right. of like, whatever. It wasn't the most like clarified. Well, when you're speaking to 5,000 people, it's pretty nerve wracking. Well, he's speaking to like 150. Oh, okay, so this was at the castle. Right. Sorry. Right. Last one. Last yeah, one. we were there. So we can talk about that later. Okay. Anyway, so, so so anyway, like I'm sitting here and I don't know this guy very well yet, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing. I've talked to him from on the phone a couple times and whatever, but he seems really awesome and like he's brought the word, but he said like this one thing, he just phrased it a little awkwardly and I'm sitting here going like, oh, I'm going to have to bring it to him after church. Right. <laughs> you know. Come on, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that wasn't that obviously wasn't like what yeah. he was trying to communicate. So right. Well, kind of kind of rolling into that. Let's let's just say that our pastors are not Jesus. Right. So so they're not perfect. So they're going to say things like that. They're not going to communicate things as well as they possibly could. They're also, I mean, they're going to have their own sin sometimes that come out in the preaching. Sure. Like that's just unfortunate, and pastors should do their best to guard from that. But it's going to happen. Right. 
And so as, as our pastors are very merciful and gracious to us when we sin, uh, we should also be very merciful and gracious to them when they slip up as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think there's that. Also understand that our pastors put a lot of effort into preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some that, that don't, okay? Uh, but by and large, I would say the majority of our pastors spend at least 15 hours prepping for a sermon, yeah. right? That's a lot. And, if, and, then, and then on top of that, um, if they're a good pastor, they're going to be praying for you. Mm-hmm. They're going to be praying for all the congregation, but they're going to pray for you explicitly and individually as well. Right. So understanding that, that they, they do have your best interest at heart, where they want you to be like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, how to listen to a sermon, once the sermon starts and everything, it, it's, it's really, really good for you and really really encouraging for the pastor for you to actively be listening Mm -hmm. so that i mean you can use your phone if you want for scripture but i don't think that it's common enough yet maybe it is common enough but there's still that like stigma where people have their phone out and if you're up there preaching and everything you see people with their phones out sometimes like okay i don't know now that's not saying you can't i think it's better to use an actual Bible. Well, I don't Bible, really care about that. But, right, so it just, but more... To me, it's the dings that go out throughout it's the It's the dings and everything, right. So that's... your attention. That, so silence your phone. But just, like, make eye contact with your pastor right. as he's preaching. Look look up at him. Like, yeah. if you need to look down at the text and read the text and everything, or you're like, okay, that's a really interesting point. How do you get that there? That's great, because you're involved with the text. But keep looking up at him, making eye contact right. with him, showing him that you're... That you're feasting on the meal that he has prepared for you right that that's huge yeah what i meant by dings wasn't the noise itself was just like something that just draws for your attention oh, somebody sure. texts you yes. yes you get an email whatever you're like tempted to look at it that kind of thing you're not gonna have that problem if it silenced it in your pocket yeah. so i mean i will say sometimes <clears throat> i have a problem with oh, i wonder uh i wonder what hi guys about <laughs> you know <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That's funny. So, oh, but, yeah. but again, that's that's just part of staying uh, staying involved and active in uh, in the preaching. Uh, what else do we have? Um, I have listened to teach. So, mm, in good. other words, yeah. be be prepared to share what you learned um, with your small group, with your family, with somebody who asks you what you went through with church. I mean, just whatever. Just be be prepared. Like. To me, that's an awesome way um, to be listening actively. Yeah. To be like taking notes and being like, oh, I can share this. This is a good, like, this is a gold nugget, you know, that I can carry with, like, that kind of thing. Just being able to, like, I hate using the word regurgitate. I just don't know what to say. Like, be able to regurgitate the message, right? It's awesome. Well, no, it's good. Yeah. Regurgitating is fine. It's just a gross word. <laughs> yeah, anyway. but I mean, it's it's still good. Yeah. Like, it's how birds feed their young. Right. And so, so anyway, that's why it's gross. So... <laughs> So anyway, like you should be able to, I think you should be able to, if somebody asks you on a Thursday afternoon what your sermon was on, I think you should be able to tell them. Yeah. Like, can you remember what you guys went through? Uh, yeah, in the morning? Yeah. This yeah. last Sunday. Yeah. 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 So, so like that's, that you just be able to pull that up and be like, oh yeah, our, our pastor's preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he, he hit on being salt and light, right? right? So like having that on your mind and being able to share that, I think is a good way to be an active listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's good so I think um, what we fail at a lot is is actually what exactly what you're talking about you know right after the, the worship service ends we start talking with our friends about other things and I understand that you know you don't see everybody every week or right. throughout the week and everything so you're catching up with your the people that you love and sharing each other's interests and that's good but if if the if there's no spiritual content to it if you're not talking about the sermon at all, I think you've missed out on a really beautiful um, conversation that could take place, both for the people you're talking to and for yourself. Um, because that, and I think that's where, where you're talking about, where retention just falls flat, where you, you don't even remember what what the sermon was on. And I, I've talked to so many people where I'm like, okay, what do you think of the sermon? Like, I don't even remember what it was on. Right. And these are generally the same types of people who say they don't get much out of church. Right. Well, <laughs> if you're not putting the effort into it, then then you're not going to get much out of it either. And 
not to harp on Deuteronomy 6 again, but it says here, listen, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, hear. So that's something that, that we're all responsible for is to listen. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus is talking about the parable of the sowers and everything, and the disciples don't know what it means, he explains it to them. And then in Luke 8.18, he says something about, be, be careful how you hear the word of God. Pay attention to how you hear it. Yeah. So that's something that, that we are responsible for um, as Christians yeah. it is to actively and intentionally listen to the word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm rambling a little bit, but I think it's very important that we do that. Yeah. This, it's a means of grace mm-hmm. for crying out loud. And I don't think every conversation needs to happen no, 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 after not. church, yeah. but I just think that you need to be prepared to share that when the opportunities arise or... You know, be intentional about making those opportunities too. So, anyway. Right. What do you think of taking notes during the sermon? Um, I do it, but I do it very selectively. Yeah. Because I just, I don't know, man. I get off in my own little world when I start taking notes. I try to take notes on everything, and then he's talking, and I'm not listening. Right. Um, but, like, Hannah's really good about it, so she takes notes like crazy. You know, and she makes them squiggly and pretty and yeah. calligraphy and girly, and it's awesome. Yeah. But I'm sitting here. She's got like a whole page of notes, and I've got like two <laughs> two lines. Like, Dude, what is with that? I don't like, know. Women are so good at taking notes. Right, you suck right. at it. So my notes this last week were like, preserve. Losing saltiness means losing your witness. Like you know, yeah. like like that that kind of thing. You know, right. and I had like two of those notes or whatever. And her page is full. So I think it just varies person to person. Yeah. I'm not going to say get up there and take notes if that's not how you're... Yeah, I can't I can't do it either. I find it very distracting. I um, would be better at taking notes after the sermon's done. Yeah. You know, Actually, that's a really good idea. it's fresh on my mind. I've never done that before. Maybe I haven't either. I just came to my we mind do, right now. Let's do that next week and let's compare notes. Okay. See, how, see how it went. Yeah. Not actually like show our physical notes. Just... Right. I, I don't know. Just chop it up a little bit. Okay, let's yeah. see here. What else we got? What else we got? What else we got? I think... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, listening to a sermon as a parent. Mm. Um, I have a lot to offer here. <laughs> well, you might, honestly. I doubt it. Because, I mean, I'm, I have two young kids. I got, oh, he's almost two, Desmond's almost two, and Dominic's four months. And, uh, we're Reformed, and Reformed people love to keep their kids and the church service. Not only are we Presbyterian, so it's like, mm. heck yeah, let's keep these, let's keep these covenant babies in here. Just leave them in the baptismal. Just, yeah. throw, just throw them up there. That t- leave them. What? We're Presbyterian, bro. It's you know, like he's got like a little puppers off the right. It's like a little bowl. You can't put a baby in a bowl. Yeah. A little bird bath. We ain't Baptist. You can't leave them in there. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, Perpetually clean. <laughs> I just listened to our baptism episode oh, last Why week. Why do you go back and listen to these things? Well, because mom was listening to him and I was like, I don't know what she was listening to. And play by play. I know. Mom, oh, it's the worst. Stop. Stop on. texting us. Jeez. Um, <laughs> At least somebody interacts with our podcast, though. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We need Thanks. somebody. Thanks, mom. Yeah. Um, but I have I have two young kids. There's a lot of parents with young kids at uh, 2RP here, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, a lot of churches who have young kids. And if, if, if you're in the Reform camp, if you're Presbyterian especially, there is that desire to keep your children in the worship service. And it's a good desire, and it's a desire that um, should take fruit. And parents should um, be doing that. That being said, the nursery is also a good thing. So if you're, if you're a parent of young kids, you should not at all feel guilty about putting your kids in the nursery. And if, if you get too cranky about it and say, well, my kids are going to stay here and blah, 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 you need to understand a couple things. One, I think your intentions are really good. Keeping the children and, and church is, is great. Uh, not all kids are the same. So there's one family. They've got a daughter. She's like two months older than Desmond. She's incredible. She sits there the whole time. She just colors, doesn't make a sound. I'm like, how? <laughs> and I've got Desmond who's basically trying to run up to the pulpit if I don't hold on to him the whole time, making noise and yelling and throwing things and ripping my beard out of my face. And it's like, gosh. So not all kids are the same. And if you have, if you have rowdy kids... Um, you need to be training them to be you to be able to sit still and be able to be a part of that worship service. But training doesn't happen overnight; it takes time. And so, you need to understand that as you're trying to obey the Lord, you can also um, just distract everybody else. Sure. Yeah. And so, I think two things: one, 
both parties need to be gracious toward each other. So people who do not have kids, they need to be gracious to those who do. And people who do have kids, they need to be gracious to those who don't. So you can be ministering to everybody in the congregation by taking your child into the nursery. And not only that, the nursery workers are in there to bless you. To say, I love you and I want you to be able to listen to Jesus right now. So give me your kids. So I think I think the nursery is something that is okay for us to use, um, to to an extent. Like I, I mean, we've talked about children in church and everything, and right. segregating and everything. How that's not really a good thing. But when they're young and you're, they're still being trained, that's when you can utilize the nursery. You can utilize the Lord's people and how they want to serve everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, Push back just, on that. I I, I no, don't I, I don't want to like say something and, and offend somebody by saying get your kids out of the church or keep your kids in church. You know. Yeah. But there's there's a line to walk, and I think it takes prudent for per parent or per I'm, family. I'm all for family integration. Yes. I'm, I'm all about it. Um, but I'm all for nurseries too. The only thing that I struggle with sometimes is, you know, churches, particularly small churches, have the same people working the nurseries yeah, every week. Good. And I'm like, how do they, how do they gather with the corporate body? You know. Yeah. So, to me, I struggle with that. Um, that. That. <laughs> uh, yeah. The other thing I was get your about, butt in the nursery ministry, people. Yeah, people. Um, do you guys have like a cry room or anything? Yeah. It's so right actually on the other side of that wall. You ever take um, Desmond in there? And well, it's a nursing mother's room. Uh, so I have never, actually, I have never been in there. I've lived at this church, and I've never been in that room. <laughs> I'm afraid. Right, right. So literally, he lived in this church. It's like attached to like a three-story, former small mansion type. It's pretty awesome, guys. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's it's nice. I know. Dad thought I was joining a cult when I told him I was moving into the church. (laughs) Right, right. It's our (laughs) two-year ministry. Uh, Whatever. Anyway, Um, what else do you have? Well, I think I think the same thing goes for the tech team. You mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, how do you listen to a sermon? Well, you do everything that we just said. I think that would be helpful for you to do. Um, but also, it, it's good to serve in the uh, body of Christ so that other people can listen to a sermon as well. Because yeah. it's it's really it's really not good if the same people are in the same ministries and they're missing out on the worship service. That's not that's not good. But if you have formatting issues, <laughs> don't call me. Just don't. I don't know what that means. Because I can't get the podcast up it's formatted oh right and i'm just not i feel like there's so many ways to serve your church like go where you're gifted yeah like if you can work with kids but not like electronics then work in the nursery you don't have to do everything but yeah don't do everything just make room for other people to attend the the local assembly i mean right right anyway and i think i mean i can wrap it up with this unless you got more i I think always be prepared to repent of your sins Mm-hmm. And, and to worship Jesus for redeeming you from those sins. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple other things that, that, that we could say. I think that, that right there is, is one of the biggest things. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, all I had was pray over it. That's a good way to retain it. It's when you pray over it over lunch or whatever. Um, and then just keep praying over it throughout the week. Put it into action. Don't be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. Right. Yes. And, um, and then yes. full circle with live holy love jesus and uh that's all i got yeah repent repent and (laughs) believe the gospel and and worship jesus okay uh well that is how we try to listen to sermons we don't do it perfectly but these are things that we have found helpful if you uh like the podcast give us a like on facebook like our page joe schmo theology uh, find us on iTunes, give us a review, uh, rate us, download us, tell us uh, tell us what you like, what you hate. Send Don't... us a message about uh, family integration and working in the nurseries and all that stuff if you have beef. Oh, right. I was like, I'm, well, you want us to volunteer people in their nurseries? No, no, just, you know, <laughs> I, just, I'm not doing that. people to interact with the conversation. Yeah, you know, you yeah. got something you want to say to us, come say it to my face. <laughs> if we missed anything or uh, you have some pushback on it, Feel free to talk to us. We, we're open to being rebuked. It's happened before. Um, so, yep. Yeah. Every Joe Schmo can grow some mo. Peace, guys. I love you. I love you. If you don't seek justice, you probably don't know peace.
At least the kind of peace that Jesus brings us on account of belief I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a direct correlation Between your profession of faith and your expressions of grace to the hopeless Yeah, it's true that all men are broken But to only help the healthy would make us miss the open wounds That matter the most in those moments The deconstruction of dignity buried deep in the heart of assumptions Where selective justice is just another name for social corruption A system is flawed when just cause is just because But even a man at odds with the laws made in the image of God It's admitted that none of us are innocent, all of us complicit But to solicit the silence of injustice doesn't just dismiss it And just in case you forgot Christ will come at just the right time A divine king bringing perfect justice to judge all of mankind The only difference between us I'll stay seated at Jesus' feet and rest between a span of his hands Where justice and mercy meet Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Can you hear the warning? Joy comes in the morning, but now is the time of mourning When all I'm seeing lately is a nation going crazy Looking bad, need some hope like the words maybe If or probably, but if I'm honest In light of all these problems, if my hope is only probable How long till it dissolves? I don't have the capacity to see these problems solved I take comfort, knowing that my God is still involved That's my certainty when the road I'm on is serpentine And I'm threatened by the serpent sting The evil one is prowling, looking to devour But no one can usurp the king Lord have mercy while we're waiting for the final hour This is my father's world, it's also a fallen one The domino effect has infected the whole setup I'm not afraid to talk about social injustices Let's also talk about the throne where perfect justice is It sounds insensitive And some will hate the stench of it But the church is not faithful if we fail to mention it We worship a God who can speak to the world's pain Because salvation for us came through the Lamb who was slain Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Iris in my iris, I was blinded, closed my eyelids See my savior laying down his righteous life and saying I forgive Iris in my iris, iris in my iris Iris in my iris, deep down I know my eyes are sick Eyes are sick, eyes are sick, eyes are sick, eyes are sick